everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of How'd She Do That? I cannot believe we are on episode 19, and I want to give a shameless plug. We have some really fun things in store for this week, as well as episode 20 coming up next week. You are going to want to subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and do that now, and follow us on Instagram at How'd She Do That Podcast, so you don't miss out on any of the very fun very, very fun things that we have coming up. And just a side note, episode 20 next week, my guest is absolutely phenomenal. If you had told me that I would start a podcast and interview this guest at some point, I don't know if I would have believed you. Well, again, you guys, I hope you all had a fantastic weekend and a wonderful Monday yesterday. We had a great weekend. We were down in Newport, and then we went on to Laguna. Uh, We had some family in town, which was fantastic. And then a huge win from the weekend was getting, getting new boogie boards. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you will know that our boogie boards were stolen, so we were able to get some new ones. And I also grabbed at this garage sale a new fiberglass surfboard, which I'm super pumped about. So all in all, a really, really fun weekend. Well, I am so happy to share today's episode with you. Hutton Beckham joins me today. Hutton is a luxury travel advisor and is currently pregnant with her first child. You'll hear her mention growing her family, so it is so fun to see her moving into motherhood. Congratulations again, Hutton. In this episode, we talk about Hutton's post-grad season of life, how she began her career in the travel industry, what travel advisors actually do, and of course, we had to exchange some travel stories. You guys are going to love this episode. Here is Hutton Beckham on How'd She Do That? Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Today's guest is one I have been so excited to speak to. Hutton Beckham is a luxury travel advisor who leverages the knowledge she's acquired from her time in 40 plus countries and her insider connections as an affiliate of In The Know Experiences to craft you your perfect trip. After graduating from the University of Texas in Austin, Hutton started her career in energy consulting in Houston. While she enjoyed her time as a consultant, her true love was planning travel for herself and others in her spare time. So after five years, she decided to pivot, take the plunge, and pursue her passion for travel and travel planning. Thus began her agency, Hutton B. When Hutton isn't traveling around the world overseeing her business, you will likely find her exploring her surroundings, searching for a good cup of cold brew in Austin, Texas, running outdoors, cycling indoors, relaxing with her two cats, or sipping cocktails with her family and friends. Hutton, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thanks, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. This is been a long time coming. We've admired each other from afar on social media. So it's really fun to finally be able to sit down and chat. 
Oh, I couldn't agree more. And it's really fun because I even actually, I was thinking back earlier today, I was like, when was I introduced to Hutton? And I don't know where this memory came from, but I realized that I was a PiFi at Baylor. Well, I believe you were a PiFi at UT. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Just That's 100 so miles fun. from each other. Same sorority. Yes. Yes. So I think that was probably one of my first introductions, probably a friend of a friend. But then having been able to see what you've done since school, I can't wait to kind of hear your journey and path. And then, oh my gosh, you guys, I can't wait to hear some of her travel tips, travel plans, and and all of the amazing places you've been as well. 40 plus countries. That's yeah, incredible. I don't, know, I don't know how we got to that to that number, but we did. <laughs> it becomes a little bit of an addiction, I think. I, I have the travel bug as well. And then for you to have started your, your own business just in the last, how many years? How many years has Hutton B been up and running? Yeah, so I founded it in September 2017. So just wow. over two and a half years ago and really full-time about, about two years. Okay. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to dive into all of it, but I know that you did not start your career in travel. So I would love to actually even go a step back further. Many of my listeners, they're they're kind of recent grads. Some of them are pivoting in their career. They're in the middle of their career and even some are in the end, kind of figuring out what might be next for them. But I love to start at the beginning. So I already mentioned you went to UT, but what was that season of life like and what did you major in? Yeah. So I went to UT. I was in the Macomb School of Business and I majored in finance. I knew that I always loved math, numbers. I loved dealing with other people. I thought business was just the the best path for me moving forwards and kind of the safest path if I look back and reflect on that time. It just made a lot of sense. And it was what a lot of people that were similar in skill sets to me were doing. It was what my parents thought was a great idea as well. So hopped in and figured, you know, I really could use that uh, that skill set and degree to do anything I wanted in the future. So went with that. And my first internship was summer after junior year. Okay. I did midstream energy M&A investment banking. <laughs> And I wow. looked back at the summer <laughs> and I wonder how I survived. I worked every second of every day. I got, I think, one Sunday afternoon off wow. when I went on a walk outside to get my sheep skin, a little bit of <laughs> vitamin D, and really just worked really, really hard. Um, I knew kind of halfway through the internship that if they offered me the job, I was going to be so grateful for the offer and everything, but I wanted to pivot more towards something that would allow me a little bit more flexibility, you know, to go to friends' weddings, to go on trips, travel. I just, even at that time in my life, I felt like it couldn't be taken out of my routine uh, to keep me happy and satisfied. So um, I did get the offer, but I pivoted my senior year to consulting. Um, I thought with consulting, you know, there's the opportunity to travel. You can have local clients. You can have clients in different countries. You can have clients just in other states. And I knew that it would still be, you know, long hours, lots of presentations, lots of Excel. And I I loved all of that, Um, but would give me a little bit more flexibility, if you will, with, with travel and all that. So I went that route stuck with energy because that was the skill set that I had gained that summer of my internship. 
and then ended up working for Accenture right out of school. I had that summer off, which of uh, after graduating, which of course traveled, traveled, traveled until basically. <laughs> And then started right that first week of September after graduation and um, did that for the next five years. Wow. that And five years, I mean, for that to be your post-grad kind of first role to stick with it for five years, one, my guess is you were probably pretty good at it, but maybe not loving it. Or did you find things that you really did love? I mean, gosh, consulting that ties in so much with actually advising, but were there things you really loved about it? I mean, what kept you there for five years? Yeah. You know, I love the people. I love the people so much and just all the diversity that was within the company, not only with my day-to-day work, but with the different people I was interacting with, presenting to, meeting. Um, You know, and if I could give any advice to people kind of going into college, coming out of college, I think consulting really is such a great career to get started with and, and even stick with, right? There's plenty of people I know at Accenture and, and other consulting firms that start out as an analyst and work their way up to MD, and that's their you know lifelong career, and and they just love it. Um, I got to go. Let's see, because of energy, I was in some not glamorous <laughs> places, so all over Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Texas, all of that. But I got on one project that I, if I look back, really kind of stuck out and kept me there longer than I probably thought I would be there. And it was a project where we were going to Mexico and Colombia and Ecuador and wow. Canada. And I just loved my team. I loved the client. That was a full year. Um, wow. and that's when I really felt like I was hitting my stride, loving, loving work. Um, yeah. I think at the end of the day, I just found myself, you know, I, Sometimes I had local clients, but other times it was the Monday to Thursday grind, you know, first flight out, last flight out. And um, just having, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with my boyfriend and then fiance and then husband. And then um, I, I think, you know, if I step back, I just felt like I had other passions really pulling at me that I felt like I wasn't being fair to. And, you know, going into consulting, I thought to myself, it would be a great place to start my career. I didn't know where it would take me. But after, after those five years, I felt like I was, I was ready for a transition. Um, And I think a big thing too, and if I'm getting ahead of myself, just stop me, but my husband got into, he got into grad school. He was getting his MBA on the East coast and we had moved, we had just gotten married, um, moved out there, I guess, what was it? Maybe one year into being married. Oh, wow. And so I was away from Houston and that's where I'd started. My career was in Houston, which makes a lot of sense because that's, you know, the energy capital of the States and mm-hmm. moving out to the East coast, I was traveling back to Houston every week. And I felt like I was just kind of holding on to something there and not giving into the full experience of being with him in grad school, doing that together. Um, you know, it, it just felt like I was kind of robbing myself of that experience. You know, it's just two years. I really wanted to to uh, be alongside him throughout all of that. And the the biggest change for me came when after his first year, he'd gotten an internship doing investment banking himself up in New York City. Oh, and I was wow. supposed to spend that summer 
back in Houston and then kind of in, in Hackberry, Louisiana. And I thought, <laughs> man, something just doesn't really feel right about this. My husband's moving to New York for the summer. Yeah. I'll be down in Houston and Louisiana. I would, you know, so love selfishly, for sure selfishly, but, you know, to be in the city with him. Yeah. And I just figured New York is really the center of of opportunity, the land of, you know, yes, really figuring out what people want to do. I know you moved there yeah. as well after school and yeah. just all the opportunities. And so I really, after a lot of tears and um, just brainstorming, doodling, writing down, talk, you know, different ideas, talking to so many people, felt like that was a great time for me to leave the consulting world move with him to New York and pursue my passion of, of travel planning. Um, obviously a lot more went into that than just what I chatted about in the last 60 seconds, but <laughs> that's kind of what it came down to was, you know, heading to New York with him for him to pursue what he wanted to do and for me to pursue what I really wanted to do as well. Oh, that's amazing. And what a great wife, first and foremost, to, to be able to say, hold on. Well, first of all, it would have been a little more challenging maybe if you were, you know, in Mexico and Colombia. Yeah, yeah. Not not hating on Houston. My my husband's from Houston and yeah. we love Louisiana, but good grief to to have the opportunity to kind of be up there. And where on the East Coast were you before New York? I'm just curious. Yeah, we were in Durham, North Carolina. So he was oh, he was fun. at Duke. Yeah. Oh, oh, he was at Duke. Okay. My um my dad and my brother-in-law are from Charlotte, North Carolina, and my twin sister was in Charlotte for a while, maybe around the same time you were there. So that's kind of fun. But I love yeah. to just that element of what what you really saw in that time frame. And this is cool because there there's a partnership going on obviously between you and your husband Ian, but right to really not miss the opportunity. I mean, you're never going to regret going to New York with him that summer. I bet you guys had so much fun. And I love that in life, there's always kind of these different forks in the road. And sometimes there is a fork in the road that feels really crazy at times, you know, you didn't know what this was really going to look like. And, but, but at the same time, you knew it was the right thing to do. And I think sometimes we can get hung up on, on holding on to something and not taking that leap of faith. So I love that you were like, no, this, this is right. And, and like you said, there was way more to it than what we're going to be able to get into today. Right. But I bet that there was a real peace about it for you to say, you know what? No, this is is my timing. So, so tell us about that. Tell us about being in New York, kind of officially letting go of the consulting role. I mean, what, what did that even look like? Where did you begin? <laughs> I know, I know if I, it's easy talking about it, looking back, but then yes. I try to be back in that moment of just all of that uncertainty. And it really feels all so crazy again. Yes. I think, you know, so many of my friends were so excited for me to leave my job, but they were also really nervous for me. My parents, who are my number one fans, yes. were super nervous about it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You had such a wonderful career. And I was like, I know it's just not what I what I want to do moving forwards. But wow. um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with, I, I saw the opportunity of heading up mm. to New York with him. Yeah. And um, I knew he'd also be working around the clock because I had had that similar experience as a junior in college. 
and just mm. couldn't imagine him surviving on his own no. without me. And, um, you know, I leading up to us moving up there, I think it was mid end of May. I had really started planting seeds with a few firms in New York that I'd, I'd just done a bunch of research online, trying to figure out how the travel industry works. It's, it's yeah. easy for me to take that for granted now because I understand how it, how it works. But right. back then it was, you know, I'd never used a travel agent, no one that I knew had, or yeah. I just didn't talk about it. I thought that was a thing of the past. I just imagine people at the AAA office with headsets on <laughs> cruises, yeah. um, really a transactional type position, but wow. knew there was a lot more to it, right? There were hoteliers that took such pride in, in their properties. There yes. were tour operators, um, you know, companies that host group trips. And what I had found was a company online that did consulting for boutique hotels. So mm. basically there are these small properties that didn't have room in house to have sales and marketing. They just didn't either have the talent locally or the capacity to do so. So they would outsource it to this company in New York. Right. And when I saw the word consulting on their website, I thought this is perfect. Yeah, um, This is a way that I could show that my skills transfer because I'm in consulting, sure, it's for oil and gas, but you know, I have the skill set to do it for any industry. And I think what I've failed to mention thus far is I already had a website working. Oh. It wasn't huttonb.com at the time. Okay. But it was just a WordPress site. Um, and I'll I'll backtrack because I think this is important. Um, you know, throughout consulting, I'd in my travels, which I, we kind of took one big trip a year and I loved putting guides together for everywhere that I went. You know, if I look back, even as a teenager, I was someone that liked to capture little things. Um, like, oh. you know, the name of that little coffee shop that I fell in love with in a certain city or that one shop that had the just coolest local knickknacks you could find. Yeah. I was a journaler. I always wrote little things down in notes on my phone and draft emails and Word documents on pieces of paper. I had them everywhere. And I kind of became known in my friend group for for that, right? For just really observatory and capturing different pieces of information. Um, So people would shoot me text messages back then, even Facebook messages. (laughs) Yeah. Remember when we used to do that? Yeah. ask, you know, they'd say it could be, Hey, I'm headed to Rome this week, or it could be, Hey, I'm, I'm headed to Turks and Caicos next month. What should I do? And the perfectionist in me just couldn't help, but send everything their way. Uh, I I couldn't just say, Oh yeah, go here, go here, have a good time. I had to get, you know, go through all of my notes from all the different places in my house and put something together for them so that they can have the best experience. Because when I love somewhere, I cannot stand the thought of someone not loving it too. Uh, so, so going back to the website, you know, I'd created this WordPress with guides. I wouldn't say it was a blog. It really was just a repository mm-hmm. where I had a, a city guide 
with all of my notes in one spot so that, you know, next time I would get an email or note from someone, I could just send them a link and it really made it all easier. And, you know, my really controlling self felt good that I had put everything I knew into this one, (laughs) into this one guide. Um, And, you know, before Ian went to grad school, we took a leave of absence from Accenture. So something I haven't mentioned is that he worked at Accenture too. He didn't do energy. So he, we never were on the same project, never had the same kind of client, nothing like that. But we both um, took advantage of a policy at the company where if you work a certain amount of time, I, I think it's like two or three years there, you earn the you know, the option of taking a leave of absence. Now, most people do wow. not take that, but yeah. most people are also are not married and work for the same company. Right. And we both had been working so hard for so long. And, you know, before he went to school, we decided to take three months off uh, and travel around the world. So oh, we went wow. one direction. We started in Fiji, went all the way as north as Beijing and China around oh. all the way to the west through all of Southeast Asia, we did New Zealand, Australia, India, Dubai, and ended up in Italy meeting my family, which I would give anything to just redo that trip 10 times over. But I, yeah. you know, that website, I also started posting, you know, little blog posts throughout that trip, writing even more city guides. So it really became this robust site as opposed to a repository after, you know, a couple years. And that was also something when I pitched myself to that New York kind of boutique travel consulting firm saying, Hey, I, you know, I do consulting. And also here's my website. You can see, I love writing. I love traveling. I'm willing Mm -hmm. to work for $0. Yeah. I'm really going to try to start my own travel company. I don't know what that looks like, but if you want to take a chance on someone, I know I'm not your typical 22 year old intern. You know, I, I think I was 22. 22. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh or had just turned 27 and they, they took the bait. Um, oh. and I worked minimum wage that summer for them. Loved it. Couldn't believe that I could get in New York hours. I think it was like by nine. I'm pretty sure I showed up my first day at seven 30 and the office was locked. <laughs> <laughs> I was so used. I mean, I had 7 a.m. meetings an hour away from my house the last year of working at Accenture. So I just, I was like nine o'clock. I could have gotten so much done by then. But uh, (laughs) yeah, so worked that summer for them from, you know, nine to six every day. Ian was working around the clock, never saw him, but that was great because, you know, six o'clock rolls around, I might meet a friend for a drink um, or head on a run on the Hudson and kind of get my energy out. And then at, at night, I was crafting Hutton B. Oh, wow. It's so fun to think through, like, where really what's happening here is your passion came forward. I mean, it was this, like you said, this is something you love doing in high school. I mean, you were, you were kind of writing down the coffee shop so you could remember and, and these travel guides that just came naturally to you. And I think it's so cool to really with your story, piece by piece, we're seeing it come together and you did the hard work. And then you're in this stage of life that you're able to learn and, and do this kind of consulting role in New York. What did that look like for those of us? Um, 
and myself, I, I don't totally include, I work in luxury travel as well, but, but I, I mean, the consulting side, the, the travel advisor side, for those of us who don't know as much about it, what, what did that day entail? I mean, you're all in, you are so excited <laughs> truly because your passions are coming to life. I mean, it's so fun to think about you writing these, these travel kind of guides and putting them out there. And right. also just briefly, I want to say you guys, Hutton had a portfolio without even ever having been a travel agent because she had these guides. She she took what she loved, what she did with her family, the trip that she and Ian went on, and she utilized that. And really, that became your portfolio to share. I mean, this is this is so fun because really, this is all just what you're passionate about. And it, it kind of goes to what the heart is behind Hutton B now. But I just love hearing about these earlier years when you're really just diving in, you're excited. So so what did that look like when when we're talking about, you know, doing consulting for boutique hotels? What did a day in the life in New York look like? What what, what were you even doing for clients? Are the ho- the hotels are your clients? Kind of give us a step by step for those who might not understand the the kind of luxury travel world. Yeah. And that's a great question because I know with the word consulting, like many kind of, you know, industry buzzwords, it can feel like a lot of of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> so, you know, day to day, because these hotels had outsourced their sales and marketing, I was helping on the marketing side. I think the company had seen my skill set in writing my guides and yeah. the thoughtful detail that went into those. They'd seen how I was doing my Instagram at the time. And so each day I was really helping the marketing manager put together blog posts and a whole social media strategy to really promote these hotels. So on any given day, we were meeting with the hotels, whether it was their general manager or their, let's say, even sales director or just really anyone because they're so small that was involved in in marketing efforts and learning okay what's the latest update with the hotel are they what renovations are they doing you know do they have a new let's say a, they just opened an adults only pool um it's just about to be let's say a big migration season for some of these africa properties so the properties were all over the world and i was pretty much reading up on every one of them, keeping up with, you know, what was going on in their season and then putting together blog posts, Facebook posts, Twitter posts, Instagram posts. And then also at the time the company was redoing their website. So I was doing a lot of copy for the hotels. So I really was just digging into the details of, of each of these destinations and, and properties and writing a lot, a lot, a lot, and just trying to be super creative, which meant lots of breaks over to Dean and DeLuca and Lock yes. for coffees to <laughs> get the creative juices running. Um, wow. And it's funny though, because their portfolio, I want to say it was Oh gosh, I hate if I'm wrong here, but I think it was just <laughs> over 40 or 50 properties. Wow. And it's funny when I book them these days because they're some great properties in in the mix. Um, you know, the hotel will say something and I think I knew that because I knew everything about your property <laughs> one summer. You know, like I can uh, tell you what's on your menu at your poolside bar. 
So, so that's fun. Just knowing some of those properties in such detail, but that's, yeah, that's what we were doing. A lot of writing, um, a lot of research, a lot of chatting on the phone and really just doing our best to promote these properties that didn't have the capacity to do that in house. That's so cool. And and for those of you who aren't necessarily in luxury travel, what Hutton's saying, it's true. There are so many gorgeous boutique hotels. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're actually family owned. There's a lot of beautiful, beautiful resorts. And actually you you might be surprised that the budget is not there for an in-house marketer or like Hutton's saying, perhaps they're on a private island, you know, or whatever that might be. And and they just don't have that skill set on site. So being able to go in and I work in luxury hotels, boutique hotels in social media. So everything Hutton is saying, it's like the funnest thing ever to be like, for me, I'm like on a treadmill in Agora Hills where, where my husband and I live and I'm posting about a hotel in Turks and Caicos, or, you know, you get an update, like you said, of a new menu item. And (laughs) I, I think we both, I don't know if everyone is this way, but I just, feel so um, sneaky would be the negative word I'm not looking for, but I feel so in the know. I feel so just updated and just like, this is so cool that I get to know what's happening in Shanghai or what's happening in Bora Bora. I mean, to think about that, it just gives you such a a bigger perspective in life and I just love that. I, I just love thinking about that. And it's just an element for, for those of you who are listening, if you're curious about travel or the travel industry, I mean, these are two things. And I think Hutton would agree that that's just so fun. That's one of the funnest parts of kind of being in this industry and, and being so, like you said, in the know of what's going on. Oh my gosh. And then yeah, for it you, is so fun. it is it, so fun. It, Even like, you know, let's say all day I, I might spend, writing copy or doing, you know, putting social media posts out there for a couple lodges in Mozambique. I felt like I was in Mozambique for the day, you know, and I just got to learn so much. Let's say before working in it, I could have pointed to where Mozambique was on the map, but that was about it, you know? So, so that was so fun to learn and feel like I was traveling in my head while, while doing uh, the social media for, for these companies. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to dive into kind of the travel element here in a bit because I cannot wait to hear just your favorite spots and I need to know where I need to go next. But let's let's dive back in. You're in New York and you're learning, first of all, even just hearing what you were doing. That's great, great kind of prep for Hutton B. So it's really cool to think about all the things you were learning. What did it look like? How long were you with that? A consulting kind of agency before you went out on your own. And of course, like you said, full-time came later, but what did that kind of look like? Was there a launch in New York City for your agency? What did that kind of look like? Yeah, great question. So throughout my free time in the evenings, and this is going to sound, it sounds crazy looking back because I think it's more relevant now, but I was spending a lot of time on Instagram at night looking at profiles of really other women that I thought were doing such a great job. And, you know, I was trying to understand what a travel agent looked like for this was 2017. So what does a 2017 travel agent look like? Because Instagram 
you know, there's all of these travel bloggers that have fantastic profiles, but I knew that, you know, I'm, I'm married now. I am not just about to drop everything and travel the world and blog about it. That wasn't what I wanted to do, but I was trying to figure out how you can make money planning travel and get to travel yourself. And I'd come across, I really, I hate to give Instagram all the credit, but I'll give them all the credit because (laughs) in that little discover tab, I would found a few profiles of, um, I guess it was women that were in New York who their profiles had said, you know, luxury travel advisor. And I kept coming across that word luxury travel or those words, luxury travel advisor. And I thought, is this, is this what we're calling travel agents now? And just kept digging and seeing that, yes, this looked like they were travel agents, meaning they were posting about, you know, my clients just got back from here. They had the best time or Let's say that person I just come back from a what they were calling us, you know, a scouting trip or um, just traveling themselves. And I ended up DMing this one girl who I just thought was so freaking precious. And she was in New York. And I'd her name is Lily. Oh. Lily. And Lily had this company, her called Passport Stamps Travel. She was an affiliate of an agency was what it said on her profile called in the know experiences. And through all of my time researching, you know, New York companies, I had seen the in the know experiences website. I thought everything they were doing was just the coolest thing ever. And I thought, you know, that can't be just a coincidence that I find this agent that works for this company that I've kind of been worshiping their website and everything <laughs> that they do. And can I be a part of them? Yeah. And so I reached out to her just saying, you know, I'm up in New York. I am looking to get into the travel space. This is what I'm doing now. Do you think there's any way we could meet or chat about what you're doing and, and how I could do something similar and, you know, just all of the questions, right? It was kind of like opening up this just window of, I have a hundred questions to ask you. And Mm -hmm. she was so sweet, got right back to me and we had a phone call and I really, you know, looking back, I kind of was even selling myself to her, even though obviously she has no say in who her agency hires. But, um, after the phone call, she had sent me a note saying, you know, I've never done this before. I've given a lot of advice to other women and just others that have, you know, been interested in doing what I do, but I really felt differently about our call. I could sense just the sincerity in your voice and how you're really working towards this. And I think you'd be such a great fit for in the no experiences. I would love to introduce you to Seth and Leah, who are the founders of in the no. And I really just couldn't believe it. Um, that, you know, she was willing to do that. And, that I was about to get, you know, either a phone call or in-person meeting. I had no idea what it looked like with the head of this agency when, yes, I had this website. Yes, I was doing this, let's say, travel consulting internship, but it's not like I had any sales to my name or even understood how I, you could make money as a travel agent. Uh, but lo and behold, they contacted me. They wanted to do an in-person interview. I want to say it was the next week. Wow, And I just 
did as much research as possible leading up to that interview about how I could pitch myself um, as someone that, you know, wanted to sell travel um, and that did not have a book of business yet. And the keyword is yet, but, you know, letting them know who I thought my ideal client was. And those are things I'd written down and kind of my business development plan I was putting together at night, you know, who's my ideal client? Where are they going? What are they doing? Mm. What kind of hotel are they staying in? What do they appreciate, right? Um, When they travel. And I did, I just, I was so nervous. Oh my gosh. And I think I was wearing some horrible, all the girls at the office, when I walked in for that interview were dressed really New York and cool. Yes. Yeah, pretty sure I was still in like my Ann Taylor consulting wear. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am such a fish out of water coming in saying the word oh. y'all. Yes. And, and um, just all of that with a big smile on my face, not not New York jaded at all. Nope. <laughs> like, nope. Hey, y'all, I'm here to sell travel. Will you hire me? <laughs> oh my gosh. But, yeah, I had a had a one-on-one. Actually, it wasn't a one-on-one. I met with Leah and then their uh, director of leisure travel named Maggie, who is is awesome. And um, yeah, just probably a, an hour interview one evening after my internship. And um, they said they wanted to sign me, that they saw potential in me, that they saw that I could have a great book of business, that I'd travel a lot myself. Um And they signed me on as an affiliate. So what that means is basically I have my own company, whether you can do this as a sole proprietor or as an LLC, it can be any type of company, but you run your own company the way that you want. Um, And, you know, you do your own everything, accounting, sales, marketing. I mean, you are your own shop, but when you're an affiliate of a bigger agency, you get all of those agency perks, meaning all of the connections that they've built over the years and worked so hard to establish are all of a sudden yours, right? Because you're a part of them. Right. And then you get their their license, which is called an IATA or IATA in the travel industry, um, meaning you can sell travel. You can make commissions off of bookings. Um, without an IATA, you know, it it just becomes a whole different ball game. It's something that I would have had to worked very hard for and probably paid a lot of money for if I'd tried to do myself. Right. Um, so I just, you know, was put on their IATA or on their license and, and then, you know, all of the clubs and consortia that they're a part of, or, you know, hotel clubs, mm-hmm. I could be privy towards. So I could offer them to my clients. Um, wow. And to clarify with hotel clubs and things like that, some of you may have not heard of what those are. One big example is called Virtuoso, which is a, I, I would say a, a club, right? Of luxury right. properties and yeah. luxury tour operators yeah. around the globe who pay an annual fee and they can then gain a certain type of clientele by the agents that book, 
you know, their travel through the agents that book their travels. And then in turn, the agents can offer clients different amenities, like an upgrade if it's available, breakfast every day, some type of hotel credit, like a $100 resort or food and beverage or spa credit. So it's like, you know, the agent can make an easy sell to the client saying, this is why you should book through me. Right. The properties or companies pay the agent on the back end. And then the client knows that they're working with a very reputable company because, you know, they're in Virtuoso. They've been approved by their, uh, gosh, it's probably like a thousand long bullet, you know, of, of different things they have to do. Yeah. So all of those things, all of a sudden with me signing this contract, I could offer my clients that didn't exist yet, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a win-win and then in the no experiences and any other host agency just takes a cut of your commission. Okay, so that's that how being, being an affiliate works. So you don't keep all of that to yourself, but you give them a certain percentage. Um, but it's, you know, it's, so worth it because of all the doors it opens for you. Right. Oh my gosh. I, I'm just, there's so many things. There's so many good tips yeah. that you just gave and, and so much insight into really the, the, the role of a luxury travel advisor. And I just want to point out you guys that Hutton was, was doing this work after her internship. So she's up at night figuring this out. And I love what you said about social media and Instagram. The the role that I actually have that that has put me into luxury travel was the same situation that Hutton stepped into and the the just the the courage of, you know, what could go wrong? Lily could not respond. Okay. I but I reached out and I think that's an element not even and this isn't like really post grad world this is you know you're 27 you're living in New York you're established married but you still decided to go ahead and put forth the effort to connect with someone and in doing so you impressed her so much that you got a meeting with the owner of this business that you had been looking at so it's it's just it really is a great example of, and, and props to you, Hutton, for for going for it and for just deciding, you know, what what's the worst thing could happen? Lily could not respond. Okay, well, you could find someone else. But in this specific situation, it, the stars kind of aligned and you had already been doing your research. You already knew enough to recognize the excitement around getting this meeting and you were true to yourself. And that was endearing to everyone involved. And they were excited to meet you. I mean, this is just really cool. This is such a great example of really stepping out and deciding to go for it. And I can't just stress enough how awesome the networking element is of your career because you really stepped out and, you know, reached out to Lily and made that connection. And I think one thing that I've seen in my career and even with the podcast, you know, even having you come on and having these amazing guests say yes, people do want to help. Lily was excited to help you because she saw, like you said, the sincerity in in what you loved and what you were doing. And wow, so to be able to go in and move into this kind of affiliate role, uh, wow, opened so many doors for you. And you really took that leap of faith. I, I also love... <laughs> 
thinking of you going into the office, like you said, and your Ann Taylor, like that was totally me in New York. And if you know New York, when Hutton says she was not yet New York jaded, it's, it's yeah, a real thing. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I had like pom-pom earrings on that they oh, probably sure wanted to pull out did. of my ears because they all were wearing really cool like ear cuffs, you oh, know. for sure. Oh, oh, absolutely <laughs> they were. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Oh, so, no, you're, so you're you're so right, Emily. I mean, oh. I think about, you know, looking back and how awesome it was for Lily to take the DM and make something of it. And, you know, for you, for anybody, and it's the same for me today, if someone reaches out to me, I really do my best to say, Hey, you know, I, yeah, I'd love to get on the phone and, and chat with you. Yeah. Um, and I'm such a crazy person. I feel like sometimes these people reach out to me on Instagram and I say, sure, send me an email and you can set up some time to chat. Yeah. I send them a 30 minute calendar invite and we end up chatting for an hour and a half. Right. Because I just so want to make sure that if this is their passion, mm-hmm. that they're able to do it too. You know, because when you find something that you really love, you you just want to help other people do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and I think the other thing that you mentioned that's that's very true is, you know, it really doesn't matter what age you are or where you are in your career. If there's something that you love, go do it. I mean, sure, 27 isn't 22, but you know you can also be 40, 50, 60 and, and still get into something like this. If it's something that you love and be very successful at it. So it's, you know, there's no time like the present and it's, I would just say it's, it's never too late. Right. People will recognize, you know, whether it's travel or something so different, people will recognize when you're genuinely passionate about something and, and good at it and want to work with you no matter what type of business you start. doesn't matter if it's you're baking cookies or you're building websites for other people. You know, right. if you love doing it, you, you, you know, you're going to get referred because people love talking about people that do good jobs, you know, yes. when they're in social situations, you know, Hey, I just hired this person to do this. They were awesome. You should think about it. I mean, that's how, that's how your business starts to thrive. And yes. um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and just the, that element of doing your research. I think a theme in your career is, is not just kind of the go-getter element. We can all listen in and be like, dang, Hutton, you're making moves. But but also the, the element of the research. I mean, it's so cool that in your process of starting Hutton B, you had the research to back up all that you were doing and it really gave you a better understanding of what you were stepping into. And so now as you're able to book for clients and and really continue the research, one of the coolest things I think about luxury travel, um, and I want to get into some of your travels real quick, but is the element of it's really unending. There's always a new resort. There's always a new hotspot. Yeah. There's always a new city up and coming and doing new and fun things. So I bet the researcher in you is just like, Yes, I forever have something to study. <laughs> it's so true. And you know, when you when you introduced me, I was thinking, you know, you said 40 plus countries. I think a big thing that does get lost in that that I would love to just mention is yeah. you know, somewhere like Italy, as cliche as it sounds, I could go back 
every year, twice a year, three times a year and go to the same places. And that, that side of me that loves just discovering the new, um, would be satisfied every time, you know, there's just something so beautiful about going back to the same place and over and over. And that's what I say so many times to my clients, you know, they're like, well, we already went here and we loved it, but we're considering this. And I'll say, Hey, you know, do that if you're considering it, but no, there's nothing wrong in going back to the same places and enjoying the same things. You know, maybe you try to stay at a different property or maybe you just try some new restaurants. Um, but you know, there's, I, I do, I sure do love going back to the same places over and over again. And, um, you know, seeing some of those places you're nostalgic for, and then also discovering, uh, the, the new openings and improvements and watching a a city change. Oh, that's such a good point. I think sometimes I I get a little stir crazy of where, where next, where next, and that can be a little bit of the travel bug. But, but I love what you just said, because I really, I can relate. And especially as we're talking kind of about these boutique hotels, there's one in DC that that we love to to stay at, and the the people who work there, I mean, they've worked there for 30 years. So when you go back, you're actually meeting the same staff. They remember you. You get to remind them of the last time you were there. Um, I took my twin sister to um, that hotel in DC and and introduced her to some of the some of the staff. And so even that element of of finding places that you love to go and having that that sentimental kind of element to it, I think is really cool. I would love to know, uh, because people are going to be like, why didn't you ask her? But you've got to tell us, you have to tell us where you've mentioned Italy, but tell us where are some of your favorite places for you to visit and for you to send clients? We have to know. (laughs) Okay. Oh my goodness. It's so hard (laughs) because there's a whole world I could mention. I know. Uh, you know, of of course, Italy, and I. There's just something about it. I just love the people. I love yeah. the food. I love all the history. I'm a person that you know. Yes, I have plenty of clients who aren't museum goers. I love museums. I love the arts and mm. um, culture of of cities and towns. Also, of course, love all the wine and food. But yes, um, besides Italy, elsewhere in Europe, I just adore Scotland and England and getting outside of the cities and in the countryside. Mm. It's so close to, and it's something that with, if I have clients that aren't as adventurous and really just appreciate the English speaking countries, you know, heading over to the UK and getting outside of London and Edinburgh um, is always something that they love. You know, all, all of the outdoors things you can do, the fly fishing, the hiking, you know, really unique experiences like, falconry and uh, whiskey dis- or scotch distilleries, oh, gosh, all yes. that. I think that's, it can be underrated. You know, people want to try to do things that are really remote. And of course I love that too, but right. I, I sure do love the UK. Oh. Um, and then elsewhere, I would say New Zealand, there's just nothing as gorgeous as New Zealand. Um, that was one of the first places on that world trip that I went on with Ian that we stopped in. And I think we had maybe 12 days there. And I kept thinking, maybe we should just cancel the whole rest of the trip and stay for a couple (laughs) more months here because it was just breathtaking. Um, And I'm such an adventure junkie. So, I mean, we did this 
got over jet and Queenstown. We went bungee jumping. I mean, we were just yes people. Oh. And um, we just had an absolute blast. And I just know when I send clients, you know, it's so great because couples, it's perfect for couples and wedding anniversaries and honeymoons. It's amazing for multi-generational families oh. to, to head over there, you know, cause it feels like that once in a lifetime trip and you just know you're never, I'm never going to get a complaint. Everything's going to go perfectly <laughs> and um, people are just going to come back like I want to go back. It was wow. just amazing. So I love uh, New Zealand for for myself and for clients. I think for me, I really love the remote and the places wow. that feel like they haven't been as touched by tourism. Oh. So I've been over to Indonesia a couple of times. And the last time I went, I was in Bali, of course, because everyone goes to Bali. And I will say there's plenty of places in Bali that aren't super touristy. You can kind of get up on the north and east coast and get away from all the other Americans and Australians. <laughs> um, but I took this little puddle jumper plane. Uh, gosh, who even knows the company? I think it was like Lion Air, or Wing Air, wow. and over to an island called Lombok. Okay. And, um, I was by myself because it was after a, a FAM, which FAMs are, they stand for familiarization. And it's when hotels or tour operators invite agents over to experience different properties in order to know them better, to sell them better. Uh, so I had been with a bunch of agents and then was over in Lombok by myself. And it was just such like a cool, spiritual, zen few days for me over there and, you know, meeting a few people who had for sure never seen someone from the States before in certain parts of the Island. Um, I paid a guy 10, gosh, I don't even think 10, maybe five us dollars to take me out snorkeling for a half day to the Gilly islands, which were so cool. And it's just things like that, where you, you just, you, number one, I'm so grateful for my job because I love what I do. And number Absolutely. two, it's so neat to have those experiences for the clients that are looking for something like that, where you can say I behind the recommendation. You know, I, I went over here, you know, I was one of the only Americans that I saw. It was just, yeah. everything was still so local and, and new. Um, so that was a really neat experience. And then lastly, if, because I know I could probably talk for 20 more minutes. I love it. I finally got to Africa and I am so glad that I did. I was just in Tanzania in January and that was just a life-changing experience. So if there's any bucket list trip for anyone listening that you're debating, do I do it now? Do I do it later? I would say go now because you're and don't just leave it on your bucket list um, mm -hmm. because you're going to want to go back and you're going to want to go back to other countries on the continent to experience just the beauty of the animals and the nature. And, you know, it really makes you stand still. I was, I remember towards the end of our trip, I was at this mobile camp in the Serengeti and yes, all of the safari lodges these days have Wi-Fi for the most part, you know, they're, you either have Wi-Fi in the main lodge or you can sometimes even get it in your, 
tent or, you know, little, little villa, but this one mobile camp had no Wi-Fi, and I totally panicked. You know, I had that (laughs) panic running inside of me. I'm like, no one can get a hold of me. This is so frightening. Mm -hmm. What if I have a client emergency, you know, because I always have clients traveling. And for those, what, 72 hours we were at that mobile camp, I just said, I need to turn off, you know, this worry, worrying thoughts inside of my head, just Mm -hmm. enjoy the stillness and peace of what this, you know, visiting this country is really all about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved that it was a mix of game drives, meaning you're headed out early in the morning or in the afternoon to see different animals migrating and just hanging out, you know, lions, leopards, zebras, giraffe, elephants, all the things, but also such a cultural experience where, you know, Tanzania has so many local tribes that still live there. And we actually got to go on a walk with this nomadic tribe um, that still j- truly is 100%. They're all 100% nomads. They live off of the land. They barter for the clothes they're wearing with new towns by bringing them either animals they've killed or plants and herbs to sell, you know, things like that. But that was just like, wow. I mean, I'm going back to spend the night in this stunning tent with a fan (laughs) and hot water and you are going to spend the night under the stars. And I just thought that was not only humbling, but just gave me so much perspective and it's perspective. I always try to, bring back with me and put into my, you know, put into my trips for clients as well. Um, because when you can have that perspective and go about traveling with that kind of conscious mind of, of where you're visiting, what footprint you're leaving, um, and who you'll meet, I think that can totally change your experience. So those are just a few of many places. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, if I didn't have the travel bug before, now I'm like itching to get on a plane. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. I couldn't, I couldn't relate more to just so many things you just said. Um, we were in Bora Bora in February and it killed me that we were like six hour flight from New Zealand. So I, I'm in between you just, I'm, I was really excited to ask you because um, I'm trying, I'm mapping out a 30th birthday next year and the, uh-huh. the top places I'll have to, you'll have to give me some insight um, would be New Zealand and then perhaps a safari. So you just nailed them both on the head. Right. I, I love Oh my gosh, I I would be so excited about either, but you just you just touched on something and I'll be brief, but the element of even meeting these these people who had never seen Americans. Um and then the nomads. I mean, when we were in Bora Bora, I asked a a woman, she was um like a an artist. I said, you know, have you been to America? Have you? No, no, no. Have you been to Tahiti? (laughs) Because that's the bigger island and that's the biggest island in French Polynesia. And she said, no, no. She was very shy. And I said, are you, do you think you ever will? And she said, no, 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 I don't think so. And just that perspective of, wow, I, I don't know anything. 
I mean, there's so many people all over the world that, that yes, you know, I, I do know some things and I travel and I'm able to see the world, but there's so many people. It just broadens your horizons and it really gives you a heart for just people all over the world to sure. think of, of what they're doing in Africa or what they're doing in French Polynesia or, or what they're doing in the UK or Scotland. It's just, it just pumps me up. So, oh my gosh, I, I literally you. could talk to you, you forever, Hutton. This is, this is so much fun, but I, I am curious um, because I love to kind of be forward thinking and I love for my guests to, to stay connected with listeners and for my listeners to stay connected with you guys. I'm, I'm curious what's, what's next for you? What's coming up uh, in the next year? I know we've got a lot of different dynamics at play, but what can we kind of be looking forward to with Hutton B and, and all that you're doing? Yeah. So I know that, you know, listeners can be tuning into this at any, any time. It could be a year from now, mm-hmm. it could be tomorrow, yeah. but yeah. something we're going through right now with the coronavirus is just all the changes in the the travel landscape. So yes. what's next for me in the short term would be, you know, I've really been canceling and rescheduling a lot of my client travels, putting those trips on hold for, for 2021 right now I'm focusing a lot on just keeping up with, with domestic reopenings, international borders, what travel, what the future of travel looks like. I think this is the biggest shakeup that the industry's ever seen. Absolutely. Um, So just trying my best to be a steward for my clients and keep up with the ever-changing landscape. Um, That's short-term. Long term, on a personal note, we are looking to expand our family, which is really exciting. And so for me, I'm just trying to figure out what that looks like, Um, you know, before all before the pandemic in our <laughs> I feel like in our previous lives, because <laughs> it feels like the past two months have been a year. Um, I really was, I wouldn't say I was traveling nonstop, but I was traveling so much in spurts where, you know, I could be gone from home for three weeks, back for a week, gone for another week. And so I'm just trying to figure out what that travel looks like for me in the future as we start a family, um, and working on, you know, asking for more help. And I think that's a big thing I would leave with your listeners is knowing when and how to ask for help. Um, so, you know, I do have two precious assistants that work part-time for me that really help with the day-to-day, um, you know, more transactional things also help me with my website social media, all of that. But I know that I need more help than I'm, even getting now once the travel world really opens back up again. So I, you know, I'm back to that planning stage of I need to figure out how to expand and ask for help and give up some of the control. I think a lot of us, and you probably feel the same way, you know, can struggle with giving up certain parts of what we do when we know it will make us better. We know it'll make us more efficient. It will expand what we're able to do with work. Um, But it's just hard to ask for that initially and let go of things. So that's a big thing is expanding um, just my you know, I'm one brain, I'm one set of hands um, expanding my reach by hiring others. And then I think one other thing would just be 
what any luxury travel advisor would say. And it's just more traveling, you know, um, I need, there's so many places I have yet to go. I have accepted the fact that, that I cannot be an expert on the world, even though I (laughs) wish that that was possible. Um, but gosh, there's so many places on, on my bucket list. Um, my mom's side of the family is from Norway. I have never been to Norway. I'm dying to go. Uh Um, I want to get back to Africa and do other safaris. Um, I want to get back over to Asia even, and just dig in more there, um, from my initial trip. So more travels too. Let's, let's hope for those and let's hope that they're sooner rather than later. Yes. Uh, well said. Well, I, I'm, I'm dreaming of all the places. I, my husband's going to be like, what did, who did you talk to this morning? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to see your no. credit card bill and see some airline charges. Absolutely. <laughs> and then think, hmm, are we planning trips now? <laughs> a year from now, what is this? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. this has been just so much fun to welcome you on the podcast. And and I always ask my listeners because I like the theme in, in your career and in so many, I think the networking element is so huge. So I love to ask my fantastic listeners who they might think should come on the podcast and share their story. So I have so many people that come to mind and I will preface that I do not know either of these women personally. I would just say that I'm a total fangirl. I love Um, it. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I love to do, I love cooking. I love eating, but I, I love cooking so much and I love entertaining. You know, I was that girl that when she registered for a wedding was all about the china and the platters and all the glasses because I love the idea of hosting others for for a meal. Um, so the two people that I would say, because I couldn't just pick one. Again, <laughs> they do, I do not know them personally. I wish I did. But one is a girl here in Austin named Camille Stiles, who she founded kind of a lifestyle company before that was even a thing. And she's done a few tabletop books, which in another life, I would love to be an author of a tabletop book. Um, and she, yeah, she's just a, has her own lifestyle company, has fantastic recipes. Um, she just kind of lives that dream life, you know, from, from a social media perspective that we'd all want, but she's really built such a beautiful brand around herself Mm -hmm. that I've always admired. So she would be someone that I'd love to know how she did that. And then another would be a girl in, in Dallas. Uh, so not too far from, from where you're filming now, Emily, but she has a, uh, food blog and, company, I would say the defined dish and it would be Alex Snodgrass. Ah, yes. Love her to pieces from afar and love that she has two daughters and, Mm -hmm. um, is all about her family and just makes these beautiful recipes and, um, just seems like such a boss and really, you know, has worked so hard with, with what she does and put out her first cookbook, which I'm working on my checklist of making all the recipes. And she just has an amazing following and is always doing really neat things. And um, she promotes other other women who are doing similar things as, as she does. And 
travels. And of course her book tour is put on hold because of everything going on, but just have a lot of respect for, for her and would love to know, you know, how she did that as well. Ah, I love it. Well, we'll cross our fingers. I think I have some mutual friends with both of those. So let's see if we can't get how she do that network up and running. Oh my gosh, those are great. Both of those would be amazing guests, Hutton. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Well, like I said, I could literally talk to you forever. And I know that my listeners are going to be so inspired to start dreaming, start planning, not just travel, but their own kind of roles and what they might want to step into. I'm so grateful that you would come on and give so much wisdom. Where can, because I know they're going to want to find you, where can my listeners connect with you? Yeah, so I would say a great way to get to know Hutton B better and follow along would be on Instagram. And my handle is at Hutton B travels. And then also my website, which is just HuttonB.com. And there's a contact form on the website to, to reach out. And it can be about anything. It can be about planning a trip or it can just be about getting more advice. I'm always happy to to chat with any and everybody about it. But yeah, my website and Instagram are just perfect. Oh, fantastic. Well, I can't thank you enough. I cannot wait to get together with you someday. You'll have to let me know, know. If you're in LA and I just can't wait to be real life friends. I know it'll happen. And again, I just can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on. How'd she do that? Thanks so much for inviting me, Emily. Could not agree more. Let's say LA. I need to get back out to LA. So when you're um, back out there and uh, lunch when the everything's IP. open, we're, <laughs> we're doing it for sure. Oh, love it. Well, thank you, Hutton. We'll talk soon. Perfect. Thanks, Emily. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. Please join us next Tuesday for a new episode. Talk to you soon.